So you're in your 40s and you're trying to figure out, do I need to see a urologist? I have blood in my urine, family history of prostate cancer. Do I need to see a urologist? Well, you may. And I'm going to share with you the three questions you must ask your urologist when you do see them. Let's go. Welcome to the Dr. Geo Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Geo, where it is my goal to help you with your urological function and how to live better with age. Today, we're going to talk about the three most important questions you need to ask your urologist. I remember the first time I had to do a prostate exam on a guy that was pretty young. Now, for urology, right, anything really under 40 is young. Right, because on average, you don't really start seeing a urologist until you know you're at you know 40s, maybe 50s. This guy was 30, and he came in with prostatitis. Prostatitis is an inflammation of the prostate that causes pelvic pain, pain in the scrotum, pain around the testicles, pain around the penis, pain around the lower abdominal area, sometimes lower back, and also associated with urinary frequency. So urinating, you know, during the daytime, every 30 minutes, nighttime urination, they wake up five times a night. So it's really horrible situation for these guys because they're young and it interferes with their quality of life. So they're going on a date or they go into a bar or they're doing what they do and they don't feel comfortable about or confident that they can even engage with a partner. So it's really, it's horrible. So I have to check his prostate. And this guy was, he was sweating bullets. I said, look, just take a deep breath. And, you know, he tried, so he's clinching. So what happens when they do a prostate exam is that the more you clinch, the more uncomfortable it is. So the goal is to relax. I know that's easier said than done, right? But the more uptight you are, the more difficult the exam is and the longer it takes. So this particular guy, 30 years old, and I had to, there was no other way because no other test was giving me any information that I could say, yep, that's prostatitis, prostate exam. And it took like five tries, right? So a lot of the urological visits is age dependent and what you're actually going in for. So the first question you want to ask a urologist, if you're, let's say, in your 40s, which is, again, considered young for a urological visit is, do you absolutely need to do a prostate exam? Now, you would think, uh, of course, this is what you do. Not necessarily, because sometimes there's other information that you gather either from the intake or from blood work that suffice. And I've had other situations with young guys that I, I, I want to spare them from the uncomfortability of the test, if I can. Do you absolutely need to do a prostate exam? What are you looking for? When you're going in there, what is it that you're trying to find? Obviously, you're not trying to go through medical school with your uh, urologist and figure out too many details, but you want to know, you want to have an idea of what they're trying to find. For example, are they trying to find a nodule? A nodule is like your knuckle, right? That's not normal in a prostate. If a urologist feels uh, a or a practi healthcare practitioner feels a nodule, 
that's either one of two things. It could be prostate cancer, or it could be just an accumulation of calcium or calcification that causes that nodule to appear. But that needs to be assessed. Is the prostate, you know, pretty firm? Like, let's say if you put a tight fist, right, together and you, and you, and you press on that, it's not too firm, but, you know, it's not mushy. Somewhere in the middle. That's normal prostate. If it feels like it's the back of your hand, like really hard, that's BPH. That's an enlarged prostate, and you shouldn't want that. If it feels mushy, so if I let go of the fist and it's just mushy, that's prostatitis. So what are you looking for? What are we getting from this information? Do you absolutely need to do it? Okay? Question number one. Question number two. I have blood in my urine. I saw blood in my urine and I freaked out. What does that mean? Is it, what are the chances of this blood in my urine to be absolutely nothing, nothing serious? I will let you know, this is me, Dr. Gio, not a, not, not a scenario in the office. I'll let you know that 90% of the times, Blood in the urine is uh, insignificant. It's for benign reasons. No, uh, it's not for serious re- uh, reasons or a disease process accumulating. Okay? Sometimes you see, you go pee and you see the blood in your urine. Other times they do a blood, uh, they do a urine test in the office. You don't see it, but, but some, what's called occult blood, blood that's not too much and you can't really see, it comes up positive on a test. What does that mean? Do I need to do a what's called a cystoscopy? Chances are that um, in order to rule out certain things like bladder cancer, you have to do a cystoscopy. A cystoscopy is when they insert a lens into the tip of your penis. So you, if you draw a graphic, you, you're going to cringe uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about. They insert a lens into your tip of your penis and they take that lens right to your bladder and they take a look to see if there's any cancer cells or any abnormalities there. Okay? Is it absolutely necessary to do a cystoscopy? If the cystoscopy is negative, meaning there's no bladder cancer, there's no abnormalities there, what else is happening there? Why the blood? Again, oftentimes there's scarring of the tissue in the, around the urethra where there's a little blood that comes out uh, little blood vessels that kind of pop for whatever reason, right? Around the bladder, around the urethra, maybe even the prostate. And those are benign reasons. You see blood in your urine for a day or two, and then that's it. But you should get it checked out. If you have blood in your urine, ignorance is not bliss here. You do want to get it checked out. Okay? So blood in the urine, doc, what is this about? The third scenario... And the third question you want to ask when you see a urologist is the following. Again, we're concentrating on the guy that's in his 40s, young. Why would I ever see a urologist? You have no idea. Let me give you a case in point. This week, I saw a guy who's 44 years old. He comes in and he's telling me, look, I'm coming in because I have low testosterone. My testosterone is low and I feel 50. Okay, no, no problem. Unrelated to you know, urolog- uh, urological and unrelated to uh, prostate, right? But no. In that conversation, he said, oh, by the way, 
my father died from prostate cancer. All right. Oh, and by the way, he died from prostate cancer with a low PSA. So get this, right? Because you and I, right, would think, well, you know, high PSA, prostate cancer uh, comes along with a high PSA, right? That's just the way it is. No, no, no. There is a small percentage of people, one or 2%, who develop prostate cancer with a very low PSA and they develop a very aggressive type. In his father's situation, he had a low PSA and developed an aggressive type of prostate cancer. His uncles, he had three uncles, all died from prostate cancer. In one case, he developed prostate cancer, got it treated and died from something else. But yeah, so there's a strong family history there. If you have a strong family history of prostate cancer, I want you to see a urologist in your late 30s, 38, 39, and get a PSA and get a digital rectal exam. How they found out that his father had prostate cancer Right, because he's a PSA is low. Why do they did a they did a, a digital rectal exam, a prostate exam, and they felt all those nodules that we talked about before. He had a lot of nodules, with which then prompted for a biopsy, and they found out that he had aggressive prostate cancer. You start around thirty eight before forty if you have a strong family history. If you have a genetic mutation of something called BRCA two, so BRCA two, so this is a gene that we all have, women and men, women who have a BRCA1 mutation have a higher risk of not prostate. No woman will ever have prostate cancer. That's the only certainty in medicine that, that I know. <laughs> there's no certainty. There's no, nothing is 100% in medicine. But I can tell you 100%, no woman would ever have prostate cancer because they don't have prostates. BRCA1 is uh, a mutation of that is a higher predisposition to breast cancer. BRCA2 is a higher predisposition to prostate cancer in men. So there are many tests out there that do genetic testing. Uh, A lot of labs talk to your doctor about that to do a genetic testing for BRCA1. And there's other ATM. There's a lot of other cancer mutations that are associated with prostate cancer. Do that test because if you do have that predisposition, that cancer uh, genetic mutation, then you want to be more proactive, okay? So yeah, let me take it a step further. So we already said, well, if you have a high PSA, that's abnormal for your age, you need to get it checked out. If you have a strong family history, you need to go to the urologist. If you have a family history of breast cancer in women, that increases the risk of prostate cancer in men as well. Okay? So you want to go, you want to get checked, you want to get a a digital rectal exam, you want to get a PSA test early. And I know that, I'm telling you, listen, (laughs) uh, I I, I guess I'm getting, I'm about to get on a soapbox here. A lot of the general practitioners and internal medicine doctors are opposed to doing PSA in younger men because they're following certain guidelines that I don't agree with. The guidelines suggest that PSA is unnecessary for screening for prostate cancer. And the reason for that is because PSA has been overused and misused. Look at the uh, previous podcasts on that topic. 
But it's not that not to get a PSA, it's how you utilize the PSA test and who should go. So if you have a strong family history, you need it and you should get it early, late 30s and, and early 40s. Okay. So you need to be proactive. I had another, I have a patient. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I had a patient who was, um, I want to say he was 40. This was a while ago now. He was 43, 44 years old. He was a Wall Street guy, right? Finance, Wall Street, living the life, making good money, living the life, New York City, partying, living the life. His friends tell him, hey, go, go to my doctor because, you know, we call, we call him the candy man. Candy man. Yeah. Yeah. He'll prescribe, um, you know, Viagra, you know, and then you can have Viagra and you can, we can have fun, right? The, his doctor, first thing he did at it, first thing he did was do a PSA on this 43, 44 year old man, right? All he wanted was like, why are we doing this? Just, you know, just, pres- you know, be my Viagra dealer. Huh? This doctor did a PSA and likely saved his life because this PSA was above 10. I think it was like 15 or 16. That's a very high PSA that does suggest, particularly in a uh, you know young man, that there's prostate cancer. And indeed, there was, and he needed treatment early. And if he would have waited and not gotten a PSA into his 50s, that thing would have grown and gotten out of and spread, and it would have been it would have been ugly. His PSA would have been in the thousands. Can there be overuse and misuse of PSA tests? Yes, but in the right scenario, just get a baseline. It doesn't hurt any. It's not all that expensive. Okay, so. The third question you want to ask a urologist is, should we do a PSA test? Because sometimes you're so young that they may say you shouldn't. You know, I have a family history or I don't or whatever this case may be. Can we do one? Why? To have a baseline moving forward. And what does it mean? When, how often should I get checked? How often do I need a digital rectal exam? Do I need to come once a year? I don't doc. And you want to be honest with them. Look, I don't, I don't like the test. I don't, I don't like to have the finger up my butt, right? You, you could be honest with them. And, you know, that, had, that plays a role in, you know, how they treat you and what they suggest. Because if they don't have to overdo it, they won't, right? Because sometimes it's, look, it's a busy clinic. They're seeing 30, 40 patients. It's like, you know, knee jerk, right? Like, oh, the, the, uh, PSA, okay, turn around, test, right? So you want to be proactive. Do I need, how often do I need the, to be tested and so forth? So, those are the questions to ask your urologist. I'll tell you this. I find that urologists are great people. They're fun people. Come on. I mean, you're dealing with prostates and penises all day. How, how can they be? How can a urologist be a, you know, they're fun people and they are very good at what they do and you want to utilize their expertise and then you want to figure out what are the lifestyle and natural and nutritional approaches to sustain and maintain great prostate health and urological health. They're not going to get into that with you. Okay. So don't even bother asking about saw palmetto to your urologist. They're not going to get into it. And what can happen is that they'll give you wrong information, whether it's, yeah, it's great or, you know what, it's no good. You know, they're not going to give you good information there. So, you don't want to utilize uh, that time that you have, that brief time to ask about natural approaches, okay? So take this opportunity to live your best life moving forward, okay? And apply the lifestyle approaches that will help you 
not only with your urological function, but to live better with age. This is Dr. Gio signing off. I'll talk to you guys next time. Be well. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Dr. Geo podcast. You can watch all episodes of this podcast and much more by subscribing to my YouTube channel on youtube.com forward slash Geo Espinoza ND. If you love what you heard today, you can help by leaving a five-star review of the podcast on Apple and Spotify as each review helps us reach more men who are serious about improving their urological health and how to function better with age. And for the latest research and actionable takeaways in a world of men's health and integrative urology, sign up for my newsletter at drgeo.com. I'll see you next time. And now for a brief disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and we're not forming a doctor-patient relationship through this medium. The use of the information and all links associated with this podcast is at the listener's risk and is not to replace medical advice from a physician or a healthcare practitioner. Lastly, thoughts and opinions related to this podcast are my own and may not reflect the views of any institution or organization I'm associated with.